Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. I'm Nicole BZ, the creator and creative behind this podcast. You know everything. And you do. I am here to explore your biggest dreams, your biggest possibilities, best practices, process, paradigms, perspective, all the P's. And I'm going to also explore some of your nightmares, <laughs> some of your problems, the punishments you may endure or potentially place upon yourself. You know, everything is inspired by the truth that we have all the answers. We have everything we need, yet we continually seek outside of ourselves, whether it's for approval or for permission, for expertise or for the answers. And there's this really phenomenal intersection between knowing and believing and faith, trust, alongside doubt and uncertainty. They're all kind of doing this crazy slam dance <laughs> where they continually push you to places you haven't been before and continually ask and demand more than potentially you're even willing or wanting to give. And last week I was fucking in it. And it was really important to me to show up for you, for me in it, because I don't, I don't traditionally do that. I don't share in the process and it feels pretty raw and messy and gross and vulnerable. And I always get, I think I might've bitched about this, if not in the last podcast, a, a very recent podcast episode, for whatever reason, we respond to the drama. I get so much more attention. It's uh, appreciated, but I don't know. I don't know if unwanted or unnecessary is are the right words. Those feel like, don't reach out to me. Please reach out to me. Please check in with me. I love you and I appreciate it. It's just never ceases to amaze me how much more attention I get when I share problems than when I share solutions. And I know it's like the human experience and blah, 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 boring. But last week, one of the reasons I wanted to share with you, and we'll circle back to this in this episode, is that it's not what I would typically do. It doesn't feel comfortable. It is very much out of the ordinary. It feels counterintuitive. It feels unprofessional. It feels like the opposite of how I should show up. And that is a phenomenal technique for shaking yourself out of whatever spot you may think you are stuck in. So this episode is called Permission to Play. Last week was Permission to Pause. And I, I chose it not just for the alliteration. There's been a lot of peas already in this episode. I am pretty proud of myself. But I choose it because in as much as we need full permission to take a knee, to hit timeout, to pause, we also need to remind ourselves this is meant to be fun. The whole reason we do everything we do is to be able to enjoy our experience that much more. And it is going to look different for everybody, but it is about the journey. It is about the experience. The ends can potentially justify the means. I'll let you be the judge of that. But when we forget why we're doing the damn thing in the first place, it can be really easy to get lost in the matrix and to lose our sense of purpose and mission and connection and presence. And I wanted to recommend a previous quantum business book club episode called The Diamond Cutter because it goes through about 50 different ways you can balance 
your experience. And you do that by almost taking the opposite action that you would have normally taken or you think you need to take. And being counterintuitive, especially when you're fucking in it, is very challenging. Doing the opposite of what you think you should do will have every single cell in your body screaming at you, no, stop, don't. When you were feeling uncertain, insecure, unsafe to do something that feels like it will only contribute to that is like, it takes a lot of practice. Let me, let me be really honest about that. And so I recommend the diamond cutter almost as like a shortcut to some ideas and some different ways that you can challenge yourself. This, the diamond cutter, for those that didn't listen to that episode or read the book, it was written by a Buddhist, a master in Buddhism, and who had worked in corporate America and Manhattan in the diamond industry for 30 plus years. And just their, their lessons and how you can apply this way of thinking to corporate corporate America in this particular instance, but to create wild success. And it's it like, I love that book. I reread it every year. I use it. I think I talk about this in the episode, almost like an Oracle deck. Like I'll flip to one of the challenges that are most commonly experienced because the solution is always, it like feels bass backwards, but it's amazing. And just playing with your perspective. I talk about this, like Brian Eno's oblique strategies. It's like doing something backwards or upside down or the opposite or starting at the end and going back to the beginning, just shifting your perspective on its axis to me is actually the most obvious way to approach this. Think differently, do differently, be differently, or that instant change in perspective to instantly change your world. But again, when you're fucking in it, when you're in that level one, two, it's incredible incredibly insular. It's incredibly closed-minded. I describe level two energy as like the binary. You believe there's only one of two options. So how the fuck can you think about something that you've like never thought about before? And so these like, you know, 90 degree, 180 degree shifts essentially give you that like a mad lib form just do the opposite of what you would normally do. If you think you need to work more, take a fucking break. If you think you need to stay up late, go to sleep. If you would normally call someone and bitch, maybe go for a walk by yourself without any stimulation, you know, podcasts or music or what have you. So those are like some pretty obvious basic examples, but we'll start there with the diamond cutter and, and just thinking about how to create some flow in your experience. And that's why I shared that podcast last week. I will say I am feeling like I am completely on the other side of whatever the fuck that was. Had I listened to my brain and thoughts, I probably would have quit everything, potentially moved to another hemisphere, fired everybody that I work with, I've never done that before, but I've done the other two things like more than once. And sure, it was external circumstance that I was able to point towards the reasons and not just my own (laughs) catastrophizing. But well, actually, it's funny that I just said that because I wrote down a couple of notes just in terms of why why I'm feeling so much fucking better. I feel like a completely new person and why I didn't do any of the things that I was beyond tempted to do. Like I absolutely fantasized. I was drooling about the possibilities. And so my friend, what I would suggest first and foremost, whenever you feel like you're in it, whenever it feels like you are completely overwhelmed, you have no idea which way to go. You couldn't go one step further, but you feel like you need to sprint ahead. Understand how you work. 
I know that catastrophizing is my go-to. That is the binary, succeed or fail, quit or be 110% in 247 365. There is no in between, there's no gray area, there's there's right, there's wrong, there's better, there's worse, there's do or do not. And the reality is is we we are full spectrum. <laughs> we live in the gray. And if it were as easy as right, wrong, succeed, fail, quit, or go 110%, well, firstly, we'd all be in a state of like perpetual burnout and also war, both with ourselves and with each other. And there there would be no debate. There would be no conversation. It would just be one side or the other. And that's just like not how life works. I mean, you can look around in your immediate environment and see a full spectrum of color, a full spectrum of sensory stimulation. There is forever and always endless opportunity, limitless potential. And if we don't even need to understand that, we can just logically know it. So when our logical egoic mind takes over and tells us we have one of two options, we can simply remember, oh, I know that's not capital T true. Therefore, I'm experiencing a dominant level of energy here, and it's not expansive. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It's very contracting. If I make decisions, if I take action from here, it's going to suck. It's going to be limited. So how about I, I you know, try one of these diamond cutter tactics? Why don't I try something counterintuitive? So not only do I tend to catastrophize, I tend to personalize. I make everything my fault so I can take control over it. We experienced a pretty significant event over the weekend, and we've been experiencing monolithic. Is that the right word? Am I trying to use a fancy word to impress you? Maybe. We've been experiencing some pretty powerful paradigm shifts in terms of the systems, economic, political, environmental, community, socioeconomic. I mean, so many things that we thought were these solid structures that would never bend or break are crumbling. This is obscenely destabilizing. And it feels like the world might be completely out of control. Well, actually, I'll get to that point in a second. So when that happens, I tend to try and make everything my fault. I look for everything I've ever done wrong. I look for everything that I am lacking in. I look for look for all the problems that I have, and I absolutely find them. It is a brutal and incredibly painful investigation that will 1000% result in me feeling even worse, spiraling into anxiety, into depression, into all of the crazy things. And it's simply because when I feel unsafe, and when you feel unsafe too, all you want is safety, which feels like control. The next like (laughs) slippery stepping stone that I tend to tumble down is then I externalize it because these things are largely out of our control. There are infinite variables in our experience. And in as much as we create our own reality, we are also in a co-creative process with everybody and everything that we experience. And so when your go-to is catastrophizing and then personalizing and then externalizing, like you will end up feeling a lot like me last week, which is just completely apathetic and overwhelmed. Like there's nothing that I can do or that could be done to potentially change any of this. So I may as well just give up. Oh my God. It feels exhausting. Just like even revisiting that. So 
I know in those moments, I cannot believe anything I think. I should, I cannot take any major action. And uh, I should probably just shut the fuck up and like get as far away from people as I possibly can. And I will absolutely reschedule meetings, clients, what I need if I'm in those spaces and I'm not able to shift. So that said, it is Q numero uno. It is time for a level up. It is time for a perspective shift. And You've heard me say this a million thousand hundred times, but I've got a few pre-canned <laughs> activities, my energy stacking activities that on the one hand, I know will level me up. I know that I will move up the energetic ladder. They'll get, I will get to a place of creativity and expansion if I execute them, especially with presence and commitment and faith. And also if I get to the end of that list and I don't feel better, I get permission to pause. And that's what happened last week. I'm pretty sure I talked about that last week. To immediately climb up the energetic ladder. And firstly, it's just recognizing, oh shit, I am like hanging from one pinky on the bottom rung here. And I have I have something that I might not be able to move. I have a non-negotiable or I just want to show the fuck up. I'm tired of feeling like this. Look for the low-hanging fruit. Find something you can do right now that will make you feel better. Engage in some of those energy stacking activities, whatever they might be for you. And or try one thing that will make everything else easier, potentially unnecessary. I did a breathwork session with Regina. I'm actually going on her podcast, so you'll be able to find that. Jamie O'Connor is another breathwork practitioner that I love. Priestess Rising, Alden, who I interviewed in the Relatable series. She is also a breathwork practitioner. So here's the thing about breathwork, my friends. It is free. It is available. And it will change fucking everything. And what I realized in the middle of my session last week was that I like working really fucking hard. And I'm good at it. I love a challenge. I am great at a like very hard and fast effort. I am not amazing at sustaining. I get bored. I get distracted. If you've worked with me, you know, it takes me about three seconds (laughs) before I'm like squirrel. And so again, I know these things about myself. They don't have to mean anything, but I can give them a very, very powerful story behind them and say, well, I'm not into this, or I don't want to do it anymore, or I suck at this, or like whatever the thing might be. Breath work reminds me Life and success and business gets to be easy. And if you ever forget that, breathe. Because the most crucial component of your life, the thing that will keep you alive and you will die if you don't do it for even a few minutes, is something you don't even think about. It's so easy and so automatic. It is probably the most forgotten part of your day-to-day experience. And when feeling freaked out or fuck this, sitting with your breath, doing some holotropic breath work, engaging in any of the practices available, whether it's two minutes or two hours, will change everything in the moment instantly and for free. That is now the baseline level of my energy stacking activities. And when I was in this practice, I couldn't believe how simple and available this answer was when I had been spiraling for an entire week 
with like very, very palpable anxiety. It reminded me of 20 years prior when I was medicated and I could have easily pushed through. Work is my favorite coping mechanism. Stress, piling on to-do lists, overscheduling myself. And so I did the opposite. I cleared my schedule. I didn't even go out with my partner and explore my favorite city in the world until I felt like I had sat with this feeling long enough to understand what it was about. And obviously it was about fear. Obviously it was about doubt. But you can't just ignore those things or jump up this energetic ladder and expect them to go away. This was very old. This was boring as fuck. I've been here a million times. Granted, from a slightly different angle, like I think about our experience like a spiral out. And so I've I've experienced this frequency of feeling before, but now I'm looking at it from a slightly different vantage point, but with a whole hell of a lot more skills and experience and wisdom behind me. And so what this one was about is you don't have to believe this. And in fact, you can take the time. You can lean into the systems and structure that you've built, aka your team, aka this space. That was a bye week. Those are the weeks that I use to take time, to create, to tune in, to work on future products and services, to fine tune existing products and services and the way that I work and how I show up. And that might not be by doing actual work. That might be by sitting outside and feeling the sun on my skin. And it's incredibly counterintuitive when your brain is telling you that you're, you know, there's not enough money or there's not enough clients or you're not working hard enough on this development project or you need to do more research on this little, 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 right? We are playing this game on expert level. And every time we level up, that fear, that doubt, the way that you work will show up over and over and over again but it's going to be a slightly different enemy. It's going to be a slightly different character. It's going to be a slightly different set of tools or skills or challenges, but it's going to be that same frequency of feeling. And I I can't remember where I talked about this, but definitely on socials, when information is coming to you in a space where you feel like fearful or pressured or stressed or any in any way, shape or form negative, That information is most likely old or make-believe in the sense that it hasn't ever actually happened. When ideas, next steps, plans come from you, come to you like from a place of neutrality where it's like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. It doesn't get colored by your own bias, attachment, desperation, which can dress up like hope desire, it's a different frequency of feeling. It feels expansive. It feels, I don't want to say easy, but like obvious, right? And so the way that that shows up and feels for you is going to be different than the way that it feels for me. We use words to try and describe energy. We use labels to describe feeling. And that is ultimately the point where we shift from like fear to expansion or positive to negative. I've, I've talked about this example a lot, but we can feel something and describe it as nervous, or we can feel that exact same thing and describe it as excitement. Those two labels will influence the way that you think and act exponentially. And the results that you get from those actions will vary completely. Like you can get polar opposites. If you're nervous about doing something and you go and do it, public speaking, super obvious, basic B example, your nervous speech is going to suck. 
If you're excited, even if you stumble over your words, even if you forget key concepts, even if you forget like to include the audience or the funny joke you're going to tell at the beginning, that excited speech is going to be received a thousand times better than the nervous speech, even if they're verbatim the same. So that's, I guess, what I mean in the sense that when we start to truly understand our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions, some of us think first, some of us feel first, some of us act first. (laughs) But this is where that permission to pause gives you the space to find a way to play. My best friend, she is a very, very thoughtful person. And she'll often quiz me when she's looking for like strategy or problem solving. And she was talking through this conversation she needed to have with somebody. And I was like, dude, you think about what you're going to say to people before you say it? And she was like, Nicole, everybody does that. (laughs) I was like, I have legitimately never done that before. And firstly, LOL. Secondly, that is a very common technique for people. Think through what you want to happen. How do you want to feel at the end of it? How do you want the people that might be experiencing you want to feel at the end of it? This is a Neville Goddard, imaginational techniques. This is manifestation. This is goal planning. This is risk mitigation. You're going to have different techniques that give you that sense of safety and security. Imagining it already done imagining the success already under your belt. Plan, write it down, create a budget, Gantt chart it, create a timeline, create a project management plan. Like some of you are going to be a little more spontaneous. You're going to happily and delightfully stumble through it because that's how you roll. Preparing for the challenge on this expert level, I think is it's now a skill and a tool you can add to your belt. And simply knowing every time you up level, there will be challenges. You cannot get rescued from this human experience. And in as much as you can manifest the life of your goddamn dreams, there will be like tension in that dream. There's there's going to be unknowns. You might forget that you're even dreaming sometimes. I think it's super, super normal and natural to assume that once you get to a certain place and once you achieve a certain amount of stuff or money or success, like life will become easy. You are ambitious, my friend. That's why you're listening to this. You have big dreams. You know that there is endless, limitless potential available to you. And you might not feel as if you've maximized all of that. You've taken advantage of all of that. You're experiencing everything you've ever dreamed up. For people like you and me, we keep kicking the goalposts out and we keep raising the bar. You're never going to get there. It's never going to be done. And in as much as finding that, that feeling of enough and enough is a feast, there's never going to be enough. <laughs> that's, that's the nature of a creative visionary. You will fr- you're, you're here for growth. You signed up for more. And so this isn't about like being a perfectionist or never being satisfied. It's almost like expecting that. This commitment to always more now again. It's a book written by one of my favorite authors, Elizabeth Wurzel. And yeah, like out of control, that feels like compulsion. Out of control, that feels like imposter syndrome, right? But when we understand this is just how we work, there's a level of acceptance and predictability in that. So, oh my God, I can't even believe I've been talking for 26 minutes already. That is fucking wild. Okay. 
So, you know, a few takeaways, a few next steps. Recognize that these tumultuous moments, these moments of freak out, panic, they might even show up like depression and anxiety. It might show up like the opposite, like a full on fucking bender where you're out for like three days straight (laughs) engaging in some like, you know, college level activity. This is new. And that like crushing doubt and regret and overwhelm and apathy, to me, it's like the record skipping. And you get to pick up the need you can turn it off. You can turn the volume down. You can pick a new record. Like this is your opportunity for new and not like reinvent the wheel, start all the way over, blah, 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 whatever. It's just like a pattern interrupt. This is the opportunity for you to find a new rhythm that goes with the flow to start this new cycle, the cycle of change. You were, you were shuffling, you were throwing the cards in, you're shuffling and you're dealing again because you're going to play again. This is the opportunity for the perspective shift, the paradigm shift, the new way of approaching something. Even if you're just trying it on for the day, even if it is just the, you know, fucking classic, like take a different commute. Or like, if you always drive to the shops one day, drive a different way, or instead of driving, try walking or instead of walking, ride a bike. Like it's that simple. And what I love about this is it reminds us, minds us ambitious, visionary, creative, inspired leaders. This is our beginner's mindset again and forever and always. This brings us back to right now. If we are committed to growth, we are also committed to discomfort. Like we legitimately chose this. And what if it's actually the struggle that is the proof you are up-leveling? I think so often we look at the struggle and the challenge and the implosions and the freakouts as proof that we fucked up. You can plug back into the matrix, my friend. You can give up. You can stay in bed all day. You can apply for jobs. Like you can play it through, but let yourself play with this idea that this implosion is actually proof of success. Because you continually push yourself, you continually try new things, you can, you are continually willing to be the student and that means you're going to make mistakes and you're going to fail and it's going to be hard and you're not going to know how to do it because you're doing new things. So how do we cope with this? Some big dick energy, my friend. Big deal energy, if you will. Fake it until you become it. I have a podcast for that. Amy Cuddy's presence, Quantum Business Book Club, bitches. When it's new and uncomfortable, it's not going to feel like you're in alignment. Actually, my notes say you're not authentic until you are. We talk so much about being real and authentic and in our truth. And like, if you're building something you've never built before, doing something you've never done before, stepping into shoes you've never worn before. How the fuck is that going to feel authentic? What if authentic is actually not having any idea what the fuck is happening or what you're doing next? Like, what if? So in as in choosing to be forever growing, to be forever expanding, to be forever succeeding, you're also choosing to be forever weirded out by your experience and what the fuck you're doing. And probably, you know, again, that's why they call it imposter phenomenon instead of imposter syndrome. Speaking of imposter phenomenon, this is coming up right now, so I'll share it with you. I realized that I engage in these podcasts like you've listened to every single fucking episode. And so I'm perpetually worried about repeating myself. (laughs) You might just be joining me for the first time today. And so I'm sorry if you're missing the inside joke or the uh, continued consistent insecurity around repeating myself. (sighs) See, I feel better. I got it out. 
that's one of my little techniques right there. If you're feeling awkward about something, just say it out loud and then you can move the fuck on. Speaking of which, moving on. So ask yourself in those like freak out, super awkward, super insecure, imposter syndrome phenomenon moments. Like what if you were actually born for this? Like not like this, like the big T, this, like everything. No, like this actual motherfucking moment right now. Like what if literally every single second experience, fuck up, win, lover, hatred, failure, succeed. Like what if all of that was literally leading you to this moment right now with me? You're welcome. But yeah, like there's an assumption you don't deserve this. You're not supposed to be here. Uh Uh-uh. You're here for a reason, my friend. This is the sign you were looking for. Lastly, and I promise lastly, we can, you know, this kind of goes back to that externalizing for me, like when everything feels out of control or unavailable or inaccessible, like here's your paradigm shift, my friend. You have everything you need. You know everything. Like for real, for real, I promise. In art, we often play with creative constraints. You can only use black or white. You can only use black. You can only use this piece of paper. You can only capture this in the moment. You have to recreate this from a picture. You are doing this from data prompts. You can use those same creative constraints in your game that you're playing. You have it all right now. There ain't no more money. There ain't no more time. There ain't no more resources except what you have already created for yourself. Now what? I think that's what fucking surrender and going with the flow is, is just going, okay, now what? Rather than rallying against or fighting the system or the man, it's just accepting. I'm going to do, this is actually my next podcast is going to be like, fuck corporate America. (laughs) I'm going to title it something a little bit differently, but like going with the flow means accepting what you have, the circumstance at hand and making it work without fight or resistance or doubt or struggle. It's just like, okay, I use this example. I talk about this a lot in the anti-business school, but when we're feeling crazy, I like to write things down because my brain is a fucking asshole, but there's this little like very quick, very easy filter activity that you can do where you can literally write down all of the ideas you have in the moment. No filtering. No, this is like the old school brainstorming where you literally write down every single fucking thing that's available to you in this moment that you could do every solution to the problem, every person you could reach out to, like whatever it is, whatever the thing is that feels like you need to just let go and just free write and get it all out of your head. Then you can start to, then you can start to filter and filter by stuff that jumps out at you on the page that excites you that whatever it is feels like, okay, you know, and, and you should go from a list of like 20 to 30 to maybe like 10. Then you can filter around what feels resourceful, what would give you that thing that you're looking for, whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's help. You're probably down to like three, maybe five. And now you're going to circle the things that are available to you in this motherfucking moment right now. There's likely one, maybe two. It's a super easy, again, super free, super accessible way of going, what next? If you can come to terms with this is enough, you are enough, I have enough, we can start to play with what is available in this moment. As a creative, visionary, inspired, committed to growth, individual, you may or may not even qualify yourself as any of those things, but you're here. <laughs> so you're, you're like a little bit of at least one of them. What you're doing is you're nurturing this idea. You're nurturing yourself. 
you're saying I'm there's nothing else external that I'm looking for. There's nothing else that I need. I have everything I can to move forward. What's the one thing I can do to make everything else unnecessary or easier? What's the one thing that feels playful, joyful? When we invest in nurturing the idea, the action, the business, the person, the community, the environment, like whatever 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 is most important to you, whatever your values are, I mean, to me, nurturing truly is its movement, its breath, its expansion, and its its health. It's investing energy into the thing in a positive manner. You can't fuck that up. Like you can't do that wrong. Even if it is just going to sleep, that is super nurturing. I, I like. I think about it a lot because sleep can be one of my vices. Why do I love sleep so much? Well, firstly, I'm not very good at it. So it feels like uh, a little bit unavailable. And we always love those things that are unavailable. But like I'm laying in a bed that is fully supporting me. Every part of my body is fully supported. <laughs> like every part of me in that moment is fully supported. That doesn't happen everywhere or often. So of course I fucking love. Well, I love, yeah, meditating, like a f- full horizontal meditation but I'm suddenly done. (laughs) I covered all the points. I think, I mean, far out, man, we're rounding out at about 40 minutes, but I just, I wanted to complete last week's mission. And just to let people know, like it can be that fast. It can be that easy. You can have crushing, debilitating anxiety and sit with it. And it, it actually, it, it doesn't disappear. It dissipates, it dissolves. And it leaves, you know, I feel like I'm on a completely new level now. And there is a ton of fear and insecurity around what next, because everything I created over the last six months feels a little bit stale. And there are some structures in both my physical reality and professional realities that are not on this level. So yeah, I will keep you informed. Join the loop. That is the weekly-ish newsletter that goes out get in the discord container. I'm going to be showing up in those spaces a hell of a lot more than I'm showing up on socials moving forward. I am drawing a line in the sand so that I can get into my video content creation and more video art and committed to a level of quality there. That's going to take additional skills development um, and storytelling and all sorts of fun stuff. So thank you as per always for being here with me. You know where to find me. Hello at Nicole VC. The Discord container. There will be a link in the show notes, the loop link in show notes. You can always go to NicoleBZ.com forward slash freebies, F R E E B Z. I love you. Thank you so much for being here. Have an amazing, amazing day, week, month, life, everything. Mm-hmm.